Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Rishi Sunak, just when you thought you couldn't have any more contempt for him. Well, turns out he still has the ability to surprise. At today's Prime Minister's Questions, the man who is, alas, unfortunately, our Prime Minister, made a joke at the expense of trans people when the mother of murdered trans teenager, Brianna Jai, was at the House of Commons visiting, which he knew. Let's just have a listen to this. Defining a woman, although, although in fairness, that was only 99% of a U-turn. The, the list goes on, but the theme is the same, Mr Speaker. It's empty words, broken promises, and absolutely no plan. Of all the work, of all the weeks to say that, when Brianna's mother is in this chamber, shame, parading as a man of integrity when he's got absolutely no responsibility. Just a bit of context here for this cheap so-called gag. Firstly, it's almost one year since Brianna Jai was murdered by two fellow pupils. Now. The judge confirmed in the sentencing that transphobia played a pivotal role in her murder with horrendous dehumanising transphobic communication by the killers used in advance of her murder. So as the Crown Prosecution Service concluded, we should consider this a hate crime. Now, what the Prime Minister is doing here is listing Keir Starmer's U-turns, of which, in fairness, there are frankly too many to count. The Tories have chosen to use trans people, one of the most marginalised minorities in Britain, as a political weapon, exploiting base prejudice against a minority whose lives have been made so, so hard for cynical partisan ends. Along with their media allies, and we'll talk about that, they've sought to cause Labour political problems, knowing that many of Labour's own MPs are instinctively on the Conservative side on this issue, and that Starmer has no strength of conviction. So Starmer has gradually marched over to the Conservatives' own position on trans rights, abandoning Labour's own support for moving Britain's laws on trans rights in line with, say, Ireland, Spain, Belgium, Switzerland, Norway, we could go on, made himself complicit with the Conservatives' blocking of the attempt by Scotland to reform their own laws in the same way. He also said that being 16 was too young to legally change gender. Well, Brianna was 16 and transitioned at the age of 14. Trans people have repeatedly denounced what they regard as widespread transphobia in the Labour Party and the failure of the leadership to deal with it, with many leaving in disgust. Now, transphobia, an acceptable, mainstream, respectable bigotry, is on the rampage and long spiralled out of control to the point where we ended up having a national so-called debate about the genitals of trans people that included repeated gotcha questions by journalists to politicians about the genitals of trans people. The reference here by Sunak is to Starmer, because of this line of questioning, saying 99.9% of women don't have a penis. Now, trans people have been airbrushed from this monstrous so-called debate, and it's so important we hear their voices. With that in mind, I'm speaking to children's author Arthur Webber, who's brilliant. Before I do, let me just say this. 
I've seen several examples of people who agree with the thrust of what Sunak said, or who have indulged this gutter line of questioning about genitals, for example, or generally just treated trans people as an acceptable culture war hot topic. And they've been oh so appalled by Sunak's comments given Brianna Jai's mother was present. So the question is, why is it not acceptable to speak like this directly in front of the mother of a murdered teenager, but acceptable when she's not there? Would it have been fine if she'd been watching this whole episode on television instead? Or if she'd seen it clipped in social media while scrolling through Twitter? Or she'd read it in a newspaper? If Brianna's mother wasn't there, there'd be no uproar at all. And we know this because Sunak has himself made these sorts of comments over and over and over again. Is this a question of decorum or is it a question of bigotry? You see, hate crimes against trans people have hit a record high. In 2022, in England and Wales, they jumped by 56% in a year. And from that already grim level, they jumped another 11% the following year. The experience of trans people is just airbrushed from all of this. The moment of anxiety many feel as they open their front door. The abuse they suffer in the street, in the workplace, in schools. The fear of something so basic for the rest of us as using a public toilet. The abuse and rejection all too many suffer from their own relatives, their parents. Not all, of course. Brianna had a truly loving and supportive mother who was there, of course, today. The higher levels of homelessness, for example, being trapped for years on waiting lists for gender-affirming healthcare. The higher levels of mental distress, like depression and suicidal ideations because of all these factors. No, that's not what we hear, is it? Instead, it's the same old tunes that were long sung in the media and by politicians about gay people relentlessly placed in the context of being would-be sexual predators, of being threats to children, of seeking to brainwash children, of defying the laws of biology, of being defined as a mental illness, of being some sort of tawdry fetish. We could go on all the things long said about gay people, which were seen as perfectly acceptable for so long. But now, of course, things change because gay people had to fight hard. And the same, of course, will happen with trans people. But in the here and now, we have not reached that point or anything like it. So... Let this be a teachable moment. The rhetoric about trans people in Britain by politicians, by media outlets, is disgraceful. And so is the way that trans people are treated. They're not a culture war. Trans people are real people. Their lives are made so, so hard. Like Brianna herself before she was murdered. And for what? Now, let's talk to the brilliant Arthur Weather. Arthur, let's just start with the comments by Rishi Sunak. Rishi Sunak knew Brianna Jai's mother was at the House of Commons. Mm -hmm. That was introduced earlier on. He had his pre-scripted uh, jibe, transphobic jibe, which he's made many times before, but he knew about that context. So what's your just thoughts on When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. 
Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I think it shows just how far he's gone down the deep end in that I think a lot of people, particularly the people that are up in arms on Twitter today who have made similar comments, um, would potentially know when and where is going to cause a media uproar and perhaps not make them in those situations. So I think it shows a complete lack of awareness of the situation that he's in and just how far down the transphobic rabbit hole he's gone. Like, it's absolutely horrific to say that in front of somebody who's experienced what Esther's experienced. It's just mind-boggling how you could even fathom that that was a good idea to say. Um, a lot of the commentary has basically focused on the fact that this shouldn't have been said in front of the mother of a murdered trans girl who was murdered almost exactly a year ago now. Um, including, I would note, by commentators, journalists, politicians who agree with the thrust of what Rishi Sunak has said, who've said similar things themselves. Um, I mean, what, what, what do you make of that in terms of how this is being framed as decorum, I suppose? Yeah, it feels like this is kind of a mass slip moment for the people that would previously hide behind reasonable concerns about trans people in certain spaces that have now seen the extent to which transphobia can go, um, which is obviously to the murder itself, which has been described in at least partially motivated by transphobia, but also Rishi's comments. Um, and it's just, I, I don't have the words to describe how the fact that it's taken the murder of a child for people to see that these comments are wrong. And for them to only see these comments are wrong in certain circumstances as well, it doesn't seem to have twigged entirely that you can't make them full stop. Like this, making these comments contributes to a culture that leads to what happened to Brianna. Like that is just what happens. And so the fact that they haven't quite connected two and two together and just think that it's particularly nasty today and that perhaps if he'd made a comment, well, apparently he did make a comment last week, I don't know, I don't watch PMQs very often, um, and it was fine then. But this week it's not okay and it's just i don't understand how those two can be separate things in your head and you can't piece the two together i mean i'm, I'm even trying to work out logically how it, it flows that if you don't have a problem with what bushy Sanak says if the mother of a murdered uh, trans teenager isn't there why would you ever think it's acceptable? Do you see what I mean? I mean, if you if you suddenly thought to yourself, "Oh no, don't say in front of someone like her," um, but then it then it becomes the question of, well, you know, if she'd watched it on television already. Exactly. So, but that I mean, I'm just trying to work out logically. I mean, I'm not even. I'm just trying to on its own logical terms. I don't understand how that you wouldn't therefore think to yourself, "Well, if I shouldn't be saying it in front of her, then why is it a, an okay way to speak at all?" Exactly, like as you said. This won't have been the first time that Esther has heard that kind of comment. The fact that she, according to, I think it was Kate McCann, said she sighed when she heard it. Like, it indicates she's heard it so many times before. Why is it suddenly unacceptable that it's been said knowing the context rather than it being said while she's potentially watching it elsewhere? Like, it doesn't make any sense to me at all. Uh, just in terms of Labour, um, so, I mean, Keir Starmer, many people say have actually looked genuinely angry by what was said. Um, and that was authentic. And, it, and I don't doubt that. Um, but, uh, I mean, look, you're, you left Labour three years ago over transphobia. And Keir Starmer was, if we're just being brutally honest, 
being mocked over the fact he had shifted the Labour Party towards the Conservatives' own position. Mm -hmm. That was the basic of the, the basis of the transphobic jive Rishi Sunak mm -hmm. was making. Yes. You've U-turned mm -hmm. and you're coming out. You came, mm -hmm. you used to say this, but now you've kind of moved towards where we're at. That was the mm -hmm. point, wasn't it? So yeah. I don't know what you think about Labour making hay out of this. I just, I don't think that Labour or any, to be honest, political party in Westminster can make it into a party political issue of them versus the Conservatives, when all of them have people within their parties who have said exactly the same as Rishi has, they just haven't said it in front of Esther Jai. And so, like, it's, all the, all trans people can see this, like, they're not going to be bought over by the fact that you've stood up and said it now, just because Rishi has said it in a socially unacceptable context, when people within your own party have said exactly the same thing and you haven't done anything to address it. So really more needs to be done by all parties to address transphobia in all forms, not just the socially unacceptable ones. Um, because obviously, as I've said, the transphobia, mild comments made without trans people or their mothers present is what builds a culture to make these kinds of things acceptable. And so you need to stop it at its lowest form so that it doesn't get to the point that we're at today. Just finally, I mean, you know, as you very well put, this is shrouded with kind of nauseating hypocrisy. Uh, people who've, who've fostered this culture, who've contributed to this culture, which has made the lives of trans people so much harder um, in Britain, um, suddenly, you know, hand-wringing by those people. Um, but I think this is the first example of media uproar and political uproar over transphobia so I mean, it, it, it by you know it is hypocritical and awful, but is that a kind of a is there some positive here that this can be a teachable moment, a positive moment, in that a lot of people who aren't really sure about this issue and are bombarded all the time with terrible anti-trans bile, there's suddenly a kind of like mirror reflection mode, you know, looking at themselves and being, and that could have an impact on wider public opinion. I don't know. What do you think? I think it's great that, well, not great, obviously, but I think it's good that it is getting to have some media cut through and it's not just um, sort of fringe uh, publications like Pink News and stuff that are covering it because they tend to be one of the only ones that actually will. And so that it should reach more people because the vast majority of people in themselves are not transphobic mm -hmm. and do not spend their day to day thinking about um, the woman question, as they like to put it. People are concerned about, as we've seen today, can they get to a dentist? Um, can they get their child into a good school? That's what people are concerned about. And so to have a deflection from the usual culture warring into humanizing trans people um, is, is a nice change, I think. Um, it's been great speaking to Arthur. Um, full of wisdom. Do follow, by the way, Arthur on uh, Twitter, at Bernie Tranders, iconic name. Uh, but also very excited about his book, which is very relevant, coming out next year, called Jacob's Transition Goals. Uh, which you can't pre-order yet, apparently. But anyway, when it comes out, I'll make a huge song and dance on my Thank social you. media. Um, um, but I'm looking forward to it. But uh, do share the video and press like, subscribe, whatever. But get get the message out. Um, but Arthur, thanks so much. Thank you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.